0: Father God, we're just so thankful for what we've experienced so far tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful songs that we usually only hear this time of year. Uh, To some they might seem old-fashioned. To some they might seem irrelevant. Uh, And yet, Lord, they're so wonderful. And their words are so meaningful to us. And we thank you that we could sing them again tonight. And we thank you most of all, Father, that we have a reason to sing them. I pray now as we just spend a few minutes, just a minute or two, thinking about your word, and make a few comments about this particular time of year, I pray, Father, that you'll speak, and you'll touch our hearts. And, Father, if there's even one in this room here tonight for whom the real meaning of Christmas has not become real, has not become personal, pray it would tonight. And I pray it in the name of that little baby that was born on that first Christmas, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there are so many things about Christmas that are just absolutely amazing. Emmanuel, the Bible says, God with us. That is just an amazing concept. A virgin conceived and bore a son. That is amazing. God became flesh. That is amazing. He dwelt among us. Amazing. We beheld his glory, the Apostle John said, glory as of the only begotten of the Father. That is amazing. So many things about Christmas are amazing. For Advent this year, we have been considering some of the amazing statements that the angels made during that first, that first Christmas. And just the very fact that angels were involved in the story is amazing enough. Angels are interesting creatures. Don't you look forward to meeting Gabriel someday? I do. Angels, they're real beings. And the word angel means messenger. Angels in the Bible were messengers. And in every case that we see them in the story here, we see that they had a message from God that was in some way related to this thing. I don't know if you noticed as we read through the various aspects of the Christmas story tonight, did you notice every place that the angels had a, a role? Did you notice every place that the angels had a message to deliver? Did you notice that they delivered a message to Zacharias? They delivered a message to Mary. They delivered a message to Joseph, although we didn't read about that one, but they did. They delivered a message to the shepherds. And every place they did, it was a message directly from God. And it was amazing. Now, I'm only given a couple minutes on Christmas Eve. So I'm just going to share with you three of the messages that... They shared on that particular night, and I'm sure as you listened, as we read a minute ago, you heard more than three, but we're just going to cherry pick three of them out of there and just talk about them for a minute. Let me let me think, first of all, about that announcement that they made to Zacharias uh, that uh, John the Baptist was going to be born. Zacharias, that was in Luke chapter one that we read. And the message that I want us to think about that the angel shared with him is this. God has heard you. God has heard you. Now to Zacharias, he probably had a very specific prayer. And uh, that was the, that specific prayer is what the angel was specifically talking about. He had been praying for a son. And the angel said, God has heard your prayer and you're going to have a son. And of course we know what happened. John the Baptist was born the forerunner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But the answer to that prayer had far greater ramifications. It wasn't just the fact that Zechariah was going to have a son, but who that son was going to be. He was to be the predicted forerunner of the Messiah. He would bring joy and gladness. He would pave the way for Jesus Christ. He would point many back to God. Your prayer has been heard. God has heard you. And the angel said, Zacharias, you're going to have great joy as a result of that. And here it is, Christmas Eve 2011. And I want to suggest to you that that announcement from the angels didn't just have that specific meaning to Zacharias. I think it speaks to me too. I think it has something to say to you, has something to say to me. I think we can listen to the words of the angels tonight and I think we can have joy because our prayer has been heard and God has heard and God does hear us. Now certainly there is the prophetic interpretation to that passage. There is the fact that the prayers of all those who are waiting for the promised Messiah had been heard. That is certainly one way to interpret what the angels said. There is also certainly I think a soul-centered interpretation to this. There is the prayer of faith that saves. Every honest soul who recognizes their need for God. And cries out and said Lord be merciful to me a sinner. They could hear that same proclamation. Your prayer has been heard. God has heard you. Everyone who sees the lostness of their soul. Who feels the weight of their own sin. Who calls out to God. Their prayer is heard. And I think there is certainly a personal day to day. Moment by moment uh, interpretation to this. Your prayer has been heard. Those of us who have prayed who have experienced prayer, have come to understand that it works. Our prayer has been heard. There are so many things we could rejoice over at Christmas time. The story of the birth of the Savior is filled with joyous thoughts, but this one particular thought, this, this, I don't know, seemingly insignificant statement from the angels to Zacharias, God has heard you. We ought to rejoice over that afresh tonight. We ought to rejoice over the fact that God hears us and heard us. Fast forward now to the second one. Fast forward to the angel's announcement to Mary. We read about that in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and following. And I want you to just think about one particular thing. He said a lot of things to Mary, but there was one particular thing he said I want you to think about, and that is this, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Now, just like I think the message to Zacharias had a very specific meaning to him, I think this had a very specific meaning to Mary as well. I think specifically to Mary, it was referring first and most definitely to the fact God had chosen her as the one through whom the Messiah was to come. I think that was a specific meaning. But I think there's also a broader meaning that goes beyond that. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Uh, the angel said something very similar to Joseph. We didn't read about that. That's in Matthew. You can read that on your own. An angel appeared to Joseph and told him, go ahead and marry Mary. And no doubt he had some doubts about that. But the angel said, Name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse number 21, Matthew explained that little scene. And here's what he said. He said, All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The Lord is with you, Mary. God is with us, Joseph. I suppose that my favorite name for Jesus, other than Jesus, I do like the name Jesus, but I I suppose my favorite name would have to be that, Emmanuel, just because of what it means. God, with us. Think about that. If that does not cause a a welling up in your soul of wonder and amazement, I don't know what possibly could. God, with us. He's getting ready for work one day. And, uh, had a news story on in the morning, and I was sitting there watching the news and a commercial come on. I don't watch very many commercials, but I happened to see this one. And uh, it was by uh, Wachovia Securities, and, uh, which I know nothing about. But nonetheless, the, 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 the advertising campaign they had come up with was the word with. And they were talking about, everything about it was, was based around the word with. And uh, the, the, the guy who was, who was the, the voiceover guy, he said this, Who are you with? And then he said, with is an unassuming word that holds so much meaning. And he gave some examples like, I'm with child. Or, I'm with her. And he talked about the fact that with is such a powerful, powerful word. And you know, deep down I think we all know the best way to show we love somebody and we care about somebody is not to say it. It's to simply be with them. God with us. The Lord is with you. How can we not rejoice? The Lord is with you, Mary. God is with you, Joseph. God is with us, Joseph. And to all of us who are saved, we are with him. Hallelujah. Fast forward one more time. Third one. Luke chapter 2. Now we're, we're no longer uh, preceding we're no longer announcing the coming of the Savior. The Savior has come. And the angel now is going to speak to the shepherds. And he's going to announce the fact that the Savior has come. And he uses this particular phrase. He says, I bring you good news. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I bring you good I know most of us don't talk like that. I doubt very very seriously that you've ever walked up to somebody and said I have good tidings for you. That's not the kind of words we use. We would say I've got good news. Isn't that what we'd say? And that's what they meant. And that's what they were saying. Good news. Good news. Rejoice tonight at the fact that it is still good news. It never grows old. It's never stale. It's never irrelevant. And it never will be. It was good news 2,000 years ago. And it will be good news millions of years in the future after we've been with the Lord. It's good, good news. There's a fellow by the name of George Barna. George Barna is a pollster, kind of like a... Oh, my mind just went blank. Some of those other pollsters, here's some of Zogby and some of those. Uh, he, he's a pollster, but he's a religious pollster. He, he usually concentrates on uh, research related to Christianity and its effectiveness in modern society, and he's published a whole bunch of books. And his research recently has, he's come out with several different studies that have indicated that many people find Christianity irrelevant to their daily lives in 21st century America. And, of course, that just reminds me that his polling is just about like everybody else's. It just doesn't really say anything of use. I read an article just this morning that referred to the boring exercise of, quote, singing the same old lame carols. That's what it said, unquote, at Christmas. No doubt some people do find it that way. No doubt some people find the news boring. Some people find it lame. Some people find it irrelevant. But, you know, that's not new. And we don't need a pollster to tell us that. And nobody with any, any, uh, uh, we just know. We just know that that's not, that's nothing new. While Jesus walked on this earth, there were people who thought he was irrelevant. When Jesus Christ was standing before his disciples, he, was, he had, he had uh, gone on this earth and and, and lived a uh, perfect life, and he had walked before them for three years, he'd done all these wonderful things, healed the sick, raised the dead, all this kind of stuff. He'd been crucified, he'd been resurrected, and now he stood before them ready to ascend into heaven. The Bible says some doubt it. And so there's there's never been a time that people did not consider Jesus Christ to be perhaps irrelevant. And I would suggest today that, I, that if you're here tonight and you're in that crowd, I don't want you to think there's something particularly modern or enlightened in you if you think that way. The fact is you're no different than any other unbeliever who's ever lived down through every, every age since Jesus walked on this earth. It's good news. It's glorious news. And I want to encourage those of you who believe to hear the angels tonight, it is just as good, it is just as glorious, it is just as relevant today as it has ever been. I bring you good tidings, glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Good news. Yes, there are many things about the Christmas story that are amazing. Emmanuel, God with us, amazing. A virgin conceived and bore a son. Amazing. God became flesh. Amazing. He dwelt among us. Amazing. We beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Amazing. But on this Christmas Eve, as we draw our service to a close tonight, let's hear the amazing words that fell from the lips of the angels. God has heard you. God is with you. And that is good news. Father God, we are thankful. We are so thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that my poor stammering efforts here tonight uh, have in some way helped people to see the relevance of it. And I pray tonight, Lord, if there's even one here today who struggles with that, oh, may the Holy Spirit get a hold of their heart tonight and may they see afresh and anew the wonder of what took place on that first Christmas. May they see that that little baby was God. May they see that that little baby was there for them. And may they see how much they need the good news that the angels talked about there. Thank you for Christmas and all it means. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for our Savior who was born. Thank you, Lord, for the good news spoken by the angels that day. Thank you for the joy it brings. May we rejoice in it tonight. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.